0: You're listening to the Jags Experience. We're back, baby. Baby. You've got one of those pop socket things on your mics now. so no, it's a foamy windscreen filter, so when I pop, pop, pop on the microphone, it doesn't go crazy, but you can hear my beard on it. Listen to this. I know you're all wondering this. It is still minus 100 outside. We haven't left this office it's in a like, week. It's middle of a week where the high is not getting over minus 20 degrees Celsius. Like, the warmest part of the day doesn't crack minus 20 It's awesome. And if you're talking to people that don't understand cold weather, this is the end of the world where people, you know, our parents age say, you know what this is? It's a cold snap. It happens every winter. Just like suck it up, princess. It's one of those things though, where I think when you don't have the context, you go, it sounds completely unbearable, but we just like, we don't spend the time outside. Well, and And when you do, you, you bundle up. I have these wicked snow pants and a jacket and big mitts. I don't feel the cold at all. Greg has these ski pants. We call them. And they're the most hideous ones I've ever seen in the history of the planet. Uh, they're sun ice. They're a throwback. No, they are not a throwback. To a company they're company built this country. They're so baggy. They're just like, they are so unappetizing in every way possible. If we had polls, I'd ask you guys to vote because I remember being in high school where you would wait for the bus in really cold weather. But in sure. high school, you're so concerned about your image. There's You'd rather freeze to death. Yeah, you'd be in like a hoodie. And jeans. Yeah, then put on like any minus sort of 10. Thing. But now it's like, awesome. I don't care if I look like a super water buffalo. I am going to be warm if I can afford it and help it. There, it's called balance. There's a tension there. Yeah, and I will I will look normal when it's not 100 outside. Sure. Minus 100. Anyway, we just got back from, well, skating, kind of. Yeah, with Cirque du Soleil. Really, guys? No, like Cirque du Soleil, like they have traveling shows, too. And mm-hmm. Cirque du Soleil Crystal is yeah. in town for Crystal, four nights. which is like a big, like, very Canadian, skating on ice, all sorts of things. We were with a former Olympian. Sean Sawyer. Mm-hmm. And he did, well, truth be told, he was going to do a backflip for us on the ice, and our camera guy wasn't ready, so he backflipped perfectly. And we're like, yeah, can you do that again? He's like, sure, no problem. Just backflips again. True story. Justin asked him, hey, can you do a, a flip? And he looks at him and says, which one do you want, front or back? <laughs> Like, who like, does wow! That? Wow! So that's we're gonna go see that tomorrow night, and that should be fun. Uh, we're actually terrible skaters. We fell on the ice, and now no, we've you're got a terrible skater. Well, you've got bruises, though. Yeah, but I was trying to do the double knees. You were only doing single knee. I was doing the double bead, double bead, double knee, Sally. I think one knee is harder than two. But no, we'll let the audience vote. No. Want to give you a quick shout out to you guys. Thank you for sharing the podcast. Our podcast listens are going up. People are it's actually crazy. diving into this podcast and getting excited about it. So we want to thank you, the loyal listeners. Yeah. So if you're listening, buddy <laughs> Joe, remember when you used to always say that? Yeah, cut it out. I've also realized that anytime I'm tackling a topic where I'm really thinking about it, the likes and you knows that come out of my mouth are insane. Mm-hmm. I think you edit out lots of them to be gracious to me. but I try, but then when I did it last time, you got mad and said, hey, you're editing this too much. So I'm like, cool. Yeah, it didn't sound natural. People can hear you, you, your you no, knows. No, it's important that I get that feedback. So anyway, that's, that's like on my mind this time is not to have those things in there. I All don't right. want to see if it works. I'm sure it will. Here's what. We'll play a game. We'll eat bad jelly beans every time I say like or you no. know. We'll take a shot of white vinegar oh. every time you say you know. <laughs> Could you imagine that? I was, no. like, I was in a play when I was probably 21, 22 years old, and that was one of the things that my character did with another character. They took shots of white vinegar. And instead of faking it, they were like, no, they <laughs> take the shot <laughs> of white vinegar because then you get an honest reaction. Sure. Yeah, so, you would. We did the Playboy 10, 15 times and just a shot of white vinegar. And let me tell you, that is the best way to wake up. It's party time. P-A-R-T. Why? Because I gotta. I think it's interesting because one of the best ways to get better at something is to get feedback. And it's crazy how many people are like, how do I become a better public speaker? Well, you need to speak more publicly. But the other thing you need is some kind of feedback mechanism. I remember I was speaking somewhere once years ago, and my mother commented about... I can't remember what word I was saying all the time. She's like, oh, you maybe know? it was just ums. No, I think it was like ums and ahs. She's like, it was good, but you said this way too much. And it was one of those things where I was like, good to know. And then I was conscious of it. You can get better at you it. You totally can. I know that in university where I went, they have a rule that you owe the professor a dollar when they're practicing for these speech things, if you say, uh, ums, uh Sorry, you owe them a dollar? That sounds like a scam. No, like that's... Brilliant. And like these kids come in. It's a volunteer thing, but these kids come in. Sorry, kids are volunteering their time, and now they're paying dollars to the professor. Yeah. Well, I mean, it goes to not to the professor, but like the team. But by the end of it, like these kids practice for a few months, and by the end of it, it's gone. hmm It's gone. And I'll tell you this. Do you know who could use a lesson in that? Me? No. Well, sure, maybe. The Prime Minister of Canada... He's bad. Justin Trudeau. He's bad. I mean, love him or hate him, but he's bad. Public speaking, he's so bad. I think he means well, but his odds and odds. And this is what you learn in radio. If you listen to radio people, they just pause. Yeah. They've taught themselves, take take a second, slow down, and pause. Uh, The fact is, we work. uh, uh, Sorry, let me just try to reorder reorder the thoughts. We. worked with uh the the uh but this is a prime minister of canada the public figure had so many ums and ahs, somebody tell the guy to practice. Right. Practice on your days off. Anyway, that's getting political. I'll get out of there. I I do find it distracting, though. Totally. If you were one of those people that struggle with the uh 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 ahs, and there's a lot of them, we can all think of them. If you compare that to someone we were watching a comedian last night, and comedians have their bits down. Eliza Schlesinger. But one hour long, and they are crushing the entire thing. Mm-hmm. There's not one pause. Not one hesitation. It's different than a podcast because a podcast is like a real conversation and they're performing. But it means a lot to me if people don't say ah, ums, or ahs because you sound smarter. Mm -hmm. And there's an authority that comes with that. (laughs) With not saying ums or ahs? yeah. Like if you don't, if you don't talk like that, I go. Oh, this person has thought through the, what they're talking again, about. Again, I'm not. I'm not being political, and I'm not trying to pick on Justin Trudeau. But this is the Prime Minister of Canada, and if that is true, he's losing a lot of points every time he opens his mouth. With uh, the the uh those things are being used against him, and there's an election coming up this year. Sure. And you watch, there'll be a lot of things of him saying. Um. Um. Uh, uh, oh, hold oh. on. Let me just gather myself. Um. 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 Into each his own, I guess. But yeah. anyway, you've got a really hilarious story that I thought was fake and I still kind of think it's fake, but it's almost too good to be true. But digging into it, it's a real story. Oh, and if I sound a little bit I caught your cold from last week, so no, that's why I sound a little you're bit different you're tonight. From somebody else. It you wasn't know. me. I'm just saying you know. Yeah, did I say it? I want you every time I say it okay, to okay, remind me. Oh, it's Okay. Yeah. So this is from Global News who is a reputable news source. Ready for this headline? Student thought her apartment was haunted. Turns out a man was hiding in closet wearing her clothes. You see what I mean? This <laughs> sounds like a fake headline. <laughs> a university student thought her apartment was haunted after some of her stuff began to disappear and handprints started appearing on mirrors. Turns out it was a man hiding in her closet wearing her clothing. So here's, I'm going to stop you there for one minute. If handprints are appearing on your <laughs> mirror, like let's say you're showering. sure, The mirror's all steamy. He has to be in there to put his hand on the mirror. No, you can put your hand on the mirror beforehand. And how long is it going to last for? You put a greasy handprint on a mirror right now. You don't need no shower. You'll see the handprint. Okay. Uh, Okay, I'll give you that. Okay. Continue. Her quote, I just hear rattling in my closet. It sounded like a raccoon in my closet. This is after her explaining all the creepy things that she was finding. The student told the news station. I'm like, who's there? And somebody answers me. He's like, oh, my name is Drew. (laughs) I open the door, and he's in there wearing all of my clothes, my socks, my shoes, and he has a book bag full of my clothes. He tries on my hat. He goes in the bathroom, looks in the mirror, and then is like, you're really pretty. Can I give you a hug? No, because you're going no, to jail, you Drew. Can't do that. What is wrong? She ended up calling her boyfriend, and he's being held on $26,600 bail. So, <laughs> you go. Like, find all these creepy things around your house, handprints, your clothes are missing. But just to hear rattling and, like, that response to me is so funny. You're pretty good. Who's there? No, before that. Oh, hey, my name's Drew. Like, what? This guy's out of his mind. Yeah, clearly. But my question is how long has he been doing this for? Well, apparently, some time because she thought it was haunted for a while and she finally catches this guy hanging out in her closet. Now, she goes to university. Wow. She goes to university and she came home for lunch and then found him. How aloof do you have to be to have someone else living in your house for a period <laughs> of time? And this can't be a big house. Well, it, it's her off-campus apartment. But how How do you not find someone else living in your apartment? Well, I don't think he was living there. He just would randomly break into her house and go through her stuff. Maybe she left the doors unlocked. No, she. he was living there long enough For her to go, oh, there's a ghost in my house, guys. Living there is strong. He could just like come in before, put his handprint on, take some of her clothes. Maybe this was only the second time he ever... Oh, uh, hey, uh, my name's Drew. He was living there. (laughs) Man, some people. Weird, weird people in the world. Anyway, if you are living in people's closets, dressing up in their clothes, please stop it. You're not helping society. Yeah, or just... Don't get caught. I'm these headlines are weird, man. $28,000 $28, bail. Is that enough to keep this guy in there? I think it would have been less creepy if he like had a different response when she caught him. To be like, "Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry." Da da da, da, da got like weird confrontational and tried to run away do something. But it's to be like, "Oh, hey, my name is Drew." And then walk into her bathroom, put on her hat, check it out and then say, "You're really pretty. Can I give you a hug?" Which I think oh. that means he's on some kind of drugs. Some kind of drugs that he is—he has, has no idea where like he is. Like that guy looking the doorbell. Yeah, he thinks he's in fantasy land somewhere. Wow. Anyway, good luck, Drew. No, there's no drugs in prison. I, Maggie, the Maybe girl in this sh- story. I hope this never happens to you again, and I hope you can get back to having no, a somewhat on. normal life. No, hold on, you're letting life. Maggie off a little bit easy here. Why, Maggie? Check your closets once in a while. Walk through your apartment. Sorry. No. Excuse me? If I was living in your house, I mean, you've got, you've got wild kids. It, nothing in the set he was living there. If I was going through your house and enough for you to go, I think it might be a ghost in my house. Mm-hmm. For you to be aware of that, how do you not like put the evidence together? Not, there's some noises coming from my closet. Yeah, the I one time it's that ghost. it happened, I she think caught the person. No, it's not one time. Okay, so if I leave my house and you come in my house and then you leave before I come home, how am I supposed to catch you? No, that's fine. You cannot catch me. Correct. But you, Thank having, you. having a great brain inside your head, would go, someone was in my house. Hiya, pal. We outsmarted you this time. Get over here. I can see the evidence of someone in my house. This is not good. Did I leave the door open? How did they get in here? How did they leave? Where is this person and why are they doing this to me? Coming from the guy who can't figure out where his keys are every single time he goes to leave the house, you can keep track of like the three shirts that maybe go are under my bed or I don't see them here or there and you go, I think I'm missing some clothes. That's the only clue she had. A handprint on her mirror and going, some of my clothes seem like they're missing. There's no way. I know when I misplace my clothes. No, you don't. I know when something's stolen. I know when Drew is... Wearing my clothes and putting on my hats in the closet. Okay, moving on. It's a real thing. No. It happens. Okay. Okay, moving on. Does anyone in your family smoke? Yeah, some extended family. Actually, I just saw my cousin's like, you know, he's, I don't know, whatever, 60 days into quitting, which oh, congratulations. Wow, for, Thank you. Good for them. Yeah. That's a huge commitment. To quitting or to smoking? Uh, Well, both. <laughs> sure. Yeah, both. I know it's not easy. Although my grandfather apparently just stopped cold turkey. All right, I'm done. People have that kind of willpower to be like, I don't care You're about the like, chemicals. Few people, but the odd time you find a person who's just like, no, I'm just done. I just decided I'm done. Yeah, see you later. I'm not going to smoke anymore. You know, and you know the history of it. Back in the day, it was a uh, marketing and doctors and everyone endorsed it. And it's hard to be a smoker nowadays. Wow, like it is what's... so expensive. Sure, yes, especially and solution in Canada. To everything the way they is like, tax it? Okay, you want some smokes? It's bad for you. Like, yeah, I'm actually chemically addicted to this stuff. Cool. Keep you can it. pay me thirty dollars a pack. What? What are you currently like addicted to in your life that would be tough just to stop? Mm, I really enjoy sleeping. For me, I think it's chips. Eh, I could, I can cut out snacks, food, whatever. Uh, the thing for wine. me that would actually be very difficult. That would actually be very no because wine. If there's no wine in front of me, yeah, or in fine. my house, I won't. I'm not gonna go get it. Sure, it's my phone. My phone would be mm. would cost me some real trauma to put that away and not touch it for a week. No, once you get through it, I think you're fine. But If I actually couldn't have salty snacks, I'd be a miserable person, I think. You mean more miserable? What? A miserabler person. No. Yeah. I'm very pleasant around people who are not annoying. The difference thing is salty snacks is something you enjoy, but you're not chemically addicted to it. Well, we don't know that. Well, you're right. We don't know, but we'll assume because sugar, people are chemically addicted to sugar. Yeah, I'm not. I can get rid of sugar like, I don't eat it. Mm, I think what would happen is if you went two days without sugar, you would suddenly go, I'm craving some sugar. No way. Matt, yeah. I don't find it hard. (laughs) Because you've never actually cut out sugar. Matt, you could cut out... If you want to take my diet for a week and get rid of sugar, I'd be fine. I'm the guy who says, I don't eat sugar until you go two days without eating sugar. And then you realize that you're craving it because it's in everything and you don't realize it. But we were talking about me. And again, I don't have a problem with that. (laughs) So Matt, I don't talk about smokers because they get dumped on all the time where it's like, hey guys, just deal with... Deal with the $30 increase in your pack of smokes. I just had a picture of like the medieval days, you know, when people are walking through the streets and then somebody throws out a poo bucket that's getting dumped on. Mm. I just shipped my beer. I don't think that's what happened to smokers. Hey, proverbially, yeah. Like okay. in a in a very... Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it. I don't <laughs> want to paint a picture here. But in Hawaii, they have a solution. They have a problem. And I really like where they're going with this. Okay. They are, they're not banning it because I think it might be... I mean, you can ban it and everyone would be happy for the sure. most part. But then we're not going to go that far. They're going to uh, not allow you to buy smokes until you're 100 years old. 100 years old. If you are 100 years old, you can buy smokes. And I feel it. That, that makes sense. Hey, you made it this far and you want to kill your body? Go for it. I think it's brilliant. You are 100 years old. You have lived through an entire mm-hmm. century. I think they should go further. Here's a blank check. Do whatever you want. Not whatever you want. Whatever you want. Just go around and shoot people. If you're 100 and you can lift a gun to shoot someone, I have no problem with that. I've seen some very fit 100-year-olds on videos on Facebook who probably could destroy me at anything. I'm telling you this. If you're fit and 100 years old, you're probably not an angry person. You're probably still giving back to society. You're fine. Yeah, you do actually wonder. If you made it that far in life, would you have learned enough in your head to go like, I'm not going to shoot someone? But you just wonder if at some point they're you know, brains start degrading a little. You are 100 years old. Do whatever you want. Here's a whatever you car. want. You are the you're president. You just like randomly walk up to someone, take their keys, throw them out of the car, get in the car and drive away. I yes. I guess if you're physically strong enough at 100 to do it, go for it. I bet this is something where they wanted to outlaw cigarettes. There was something in the law that made it incredibly difficult to outlaw it. So, all they did was it was easy just to change the age. Before the age was 18, you couldn't buy smokes until you're 18. We're just going to change it to 100. But why, easy law. But why 100? Because there are centaurians that li- live to well, 100. I think it still has to be realistic. Why though? Well, because then they could throw it out in court to go, this is stupid. Oh, you have to live till 200? That's not a thing. It's probably enough of the population who live to 100 that they can then justify it in the court of law. This is a very difficult argument for you to this, make. No, it seems like uh, yesterday there was a big sports signing. This guy, Austin Matthew, plays for the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Signed a contract, but it's a very different contract because he signed for $58 million, but $55 million of it is a signing bonus. Normally you get a salary. You know, normally that'd be made up in 11 points on million in salary. He's getting like a few hundred thousand dollars a year in salary and then millions in signing bonuses because there's a tax loophole that because he's a U.S. citizen, a resident playing in Canada, he gets it at 15% tax instead of like 55% tax because it's a signing bonus. And this feels like another loophole thing. I do hear a lot of people talk about the how we're a policy, and how people that are like really big shot lawyers that just want to get things their way can just rewrite the laws and get them passed, and no one really thinks about it. And then the next thing you know, like there's this really obscure law, and no one knows why. Well, it was one case from this lawyer a sure. hundred years ago who did it, and you're like, oh, well, that was super selfish of them. Well, and you hear about you know organizations and different things all the time, or even you know laws and where. Certain things need like 75% of the vote to go through and certain things need 51% of the vote. And if you can move the thing from being in one category that needs 75% to the thing that, you know, now it's in the category that needs 51%, you win. You want to know a really good example about that that I shouldn't talk about? Sure. In America, when Obama was in power, they changed the vote to make it way lower because it was like a gridlock where the, the Dems couldn't push things through. So they lowered the threshold of what the vote needed to be because they assumed that the person coming after Obama was going to be a Democrat. And I think most of us did assume that. So what they did was they actually handed the keys oh to boy. Mr. Don John <laughs> with like a really easy for them to, to pass stuff. And of course, that's what's what's happening. Funny how that works. Funny how policy. that works. Anyway, we don't want to talk about policy on the show. Or what we politics. want to talk about on this show are moms that are breastfeeding, squirting their boob milk at someone else. <laughs> This is one of the greatest stories. It comes to the Daily Mail where a mom was feeding her baby, breastfeeding in public, and then another woman came over and asked her to leave because it was distracting her husband. This is not a story. I cannot believe that this woman... Like, why is she blaming the mother? Well, because she's got her boobs out in public, breastfeeding, which completely normal. You so, you are an... Like, that's what we do. We are mammals. You understand that there are this, like, I don't know whether it's generation or certain cultural things where they are so anti-breastfeeding because, you know, our society has sexualized breasts so much that when it comes to a normal thing like feeding your child, which is very natural and normal, that they can't handle it. No. I don't understand that at all. The best part was the response from this woman who was being asked to leave. One, let's be clear here. If you are in a place and you are completely uncomfortable with breastfeeding or uncomfortable because your husband cannot stop looking over at somebody breastfeeding. That was my thought. Just leave. Or your husband... Maybe just, tell yeah, your husband to get a go. life. Hey, like move on here. Nothing to see. Go somewhere else. But to ask someone else to leave, I think the UK actually passed a law. You can't ask somebody to leave over breastfeeding. You can't do that. It's absurd. Anyway, the mother responded by squirting this woman with her breast milk. Unhand me. Squirt, squirt, squirt. You're covered in like <laughs> That's, that's kind of gross feel, though. No. Getting squirted what by, by gross? someone's breast it's milk? food. Yeah. Yeah, you started a food fight. I think that is a great response and that should be allowed to happen to anyone who gets weird about it. That you can squirt your breast milk I think you should be able to squirt your breast milk if somebody asks you to leave. Or if there are, you know, dudes or ladies looking over at you creepily while you're breastfeeding and just like staring at you, you should be able to like squirt them and say, hey, eyes up here. This makes me, this makes me uncomfortable because this woman is going after the woman breastfeeding who should be understanding to go, yeah, you know what? You probably don't want to do this either but it's inconvenient for you. You're not at an airport wherever you are, but you have to feed your kid because sure. they will die or they will make everyone else miserable because they're starving or they think they're starving. Punch your husband in the throat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, where is that the conversation? Right. Hey, honey, you're distracted by that woman's breast? Well, that's unfortunate. Go away from me. Yeah, right. Like, go away from me here. Hey, turn until... around. Go sit in a way where, you know, if you can't handle it, just move on with your life. When you want to become an adult again, you can come back, but until then, go. Dummy. Now, dummy I understand I know for me there there was like a you know the first time where you're like oh somebody's just breastfeeding right out in the open there's an adjustment period until you kind of like internally reclock and go hey I get it yeah it's let normal. me guess you were 16. you were a kid I don't know if I was a kid the first time I actually saw somebody just like whip it out in public that's what she said <laughs> whip the breast out in public yeah yeah I don't think I was 16 I was a little bit older and it was family members so I was like oh but then you get over it and you're like oh yeah you I get do it. This woman needs to punch her husband right in the jaw. This reminds me of... Or look in the mirror and go, hey, what's going on here? In high school, people would break up and they would, whatever, cheat on them. or they, You know the drama in high school with relationships? Maybe you don't. There's three of you in high school. Shut up. <laughs> but in my high school, this would happen all the time where someone would break up with someone else and then they would go start dating the other person. And it always happens. You see it in the movies too, where a boy and a girl will be dating... One of them breaks up, starts dating someone else. So in this case, we'll say the boy starts dating another girl. The girl goes after the other girl and says, hey, like, I hate you. I'm going to beat you up and, and ruin your life. But the the guy's just scot-free right? or vice versa. Yeah. I've had it with the other way around where a, a girl would do this and they go after the other guy. And it's like, guys, what about like the source of yeah, the problems it's like here? There, there are two people who screwed this up together and we're only going after one of them. Yes. And don't tell me you're scared of conflict because you're not because you're going after the other person. not shaming I have no idea. Yeah, you wouldn't. I have no idea. It just drives me nuts when I'm like, talk to that person about your problem because they have a role to play because guess what? They chose to date that person and not date you. Mm-hmm. So figure it out. Yeah, but I can't help it if I'm so good looking that I steal all the girls in the yard. Darn right. You should, better than you yours. You should always be careful what you're quoting. <laughs> no, I have no idea. I know, That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> you know, like the context of what you just like, said. I know one line from all these songs and they're probably filthy. This, uh, the funny thing about that breastfeeding story was, guess where you found it? Daily Mail. In the Daily Mail. So our moose story didn't make it into the Daily Mail. Now we know why. It wasn't uh, it polarizing got, enough. Got upse- up, upstaged? Upstaged, upstaged by squirting breast milk mom. It's funny. We told our friends that our, the moose story might be in the Daily Mail. They said it was basically a trash heap. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares about that thing? Uh, one story you found that I think it was funny, speaking of uh, breastfeeding, even though it's not have anything to do with that was uh, the CPR in the office story. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter. And if you are a fan of the office, I'm not talking about the British office people, okay? The Steve Carell, Jim and Pam. Oh, I guess maybe it was Jim and Pam. There. Take that out of here, please. What? You you British office people. I get the fact that yeah. you think it's funny and Ricky Gervais is, or Gervais is a, a brilliant guy. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Sure. Keep it to yourself. Do not rain on my parade. No. Because whenever I say to one of these elitists that I like the American version of The Office, because it's funny, it's very funny, they go, oh, no, it's funny. And I know you're listening to this. I can see you guys rolling your eyes. I can see you in my mind. You're saying to me, oh, yeah, the British one's funnier. I don't care that you think it's funnier. Do not rob me of my joy. Isn't it funny how people do that? It's It's elitism. hey, you're having a moment of joy right now. Let me just squash that and one-up you and turn the whole conversation back on myself selfishly for me to show you how much better I am than you by pooping on your parade. Poop? What? You said poop? Yes. And I don't think a lot of people do it unconsciously or consciously, excuse me. I think a lot of it happens unconsciously because they're trying to continue the conversation and include themselves. But it's like, guys, you're so broken. The British office, keep it to yourself. Yes. Keep it where it was. If it was better, maybe it would have been more seasons, whatever. I had three and a half to four good seasons of my office and I want to come back. I will make one exception for this rule. Somebody's like, I like that and Greg guy. Somebody else wants up him. Yeah. But have you seen Justin? I get it completely. You know that that will never phase me because I know you're speaking out of insecurity. What do you mean out of insecurity? Ever. You always tell everyone, hey, remember, his name's Ann Greg and I'm like, they can see right through you, man. <laughs> they can see right through you. No, it's funny. Anyway, back to your story, the CPR story. So fans of the American office, you will remember this episode where there was CPR training in the office. Is this the one where he cuts off the face? <laughs> this is the greatest episode in the office, I think. It's maybe it, it gets shared around Facebook, I think, often. It's maybe the greatest two minutes of television time ever. But the CPR instructor is trying to you know, teach the whole office how to do CPR. And of course, it doesn't go well. And Michael's in there when he shouldn't be. And people are making up with the doll and all these kinds of things. But they're trying to get them to understand that you want to do your chest compressions. I think it's 120 beats per minute, which is basically... To the song Staying Alive. Uh, 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 staying Alive, Staying Alive. Like that's how quickly you want to do it. That, that, that. What a dat. brilliant technique you though, know. Because we all know the song. Yeah, you know the song, you sing it in your head, and that's how often you need to be doing chest compressions, and they kind of walk through the thing. Well, it ends up Dwight ends up pulling out a big knife and stabbing the dummy in the chest and cutting him open and cutting off his face and putting it on his face. It's hilarious. Well, there's a story in the news about a local man who saved a woman's life with CPR that he learned from the office. So this guy had never actually done CPR classes, but this woman collapses, needs CPR, remembers the episode from The Office, starts singing, staying alive in his head, doing chest compressions, saves a woman's life. Whoever said that watching TV can't save your life? I bet nobody ever watched The British Office and saved someone's life because of that. Mm-hmm. But they did on The American One. I actually heard stories with a similar thing where someone's choking, and you know, they drop themselves on the chair. Oh, yes. And they learned it from TV. And they're like, wow, I saved my life watching TV. TV. I remember that because I mean, for being foster parents, we have to have our CPR training and all that kind of stuff. And the videos they have are just the worst because you can't actually give someone the Heimlich maneuver because oftentimes you break ribs. So for the purpose of a safety video or to give yourself the Heimlich maneuver on the chest, you know, they could break ribs. So it's all of these like actors trying to act like they're choking and then try and give themselves half-hearted Heimlich Look maneuvers, it's so bad. This sounds like stock photog- ph- photography for videos. Yeah, that's basically what it is. Uh, you know what I was it's thinking about, allergy. About, about, about movies is fight scenes. I've seen a lot of fight scenes now. Mm-hmm. I think there's a scene in The Matrix where Neo downloads fights yes. into his brain. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered, if I was surrounded by like 10-foot soldiers, how would I do with all that I know from all the fight scenes I've seen? <laughs> Will those fight scenes save my life? Because I've seen a lot. Right. I don't I don't think I'll last that long, but I always have this vivid imagination of someone coming to my house and me just offending it and it's like, Oh, it's amazing. Oh, you yeah, know, like smashing plates way. over their head and stabbing them with bottles and I did read the story about it was I'm pretty sure it was a Canadian guy and he was down in Mexico and they, they were at this bar and basically a few guys came after him. But he had done Krav Maga like years earlier. It had been years since he did it. Sounds delicious, by the way. He still, Krav Maga is Israeli self defense that all their military people learn. But one of its specialties is is it's about putting you know the one attacker between yourself and all the other attackers. And it had been years since he did it, but he ended up basically fighting them all off. He he was he was banged up like he you know he he was hurting after it, but it like saved his life and he gave so much better than he got that they all ended up like leaving him alone, taking on a few different people. And I thought, cool, I just want to do it for a couple of years just to like have it in the back of your head because your reflexes. Take over. If you learn one thing from today's podcast, if you take one thing from today's podcast, it's don't squirt breast milk at people. But if you take two things, it's that watching TV can save your life. No, it's that the American office saves people's lives, and the British one, to our knowledge, has never done that. True story. Okay, one more story before we go. Because this one I think is very, very interesting. So South Korea is a very intense place if you're in high school. Okay, there's a lot of pressure on these kids academically to excel. Well, because South Korea is crushing these days. When you think about how small that country is, you know, obviously a lot of people, but the things that are coming out of that, like companies like Samsung and Hyundai and Kia and, you know, all sorts of things, like it's a country of excellence now, which probably wasn't the case on the world stage 30 or 40 years ago. So what's happening though, in the midst of all this, there's an outbreak of people being bullied. And I I think we can all agree that we hate bullies and we've got kids, young kids. And if they ever come home one day, I don't think your kids have ever walked through this yet. But if they walk home and they're dealing with bullying, like that just robs you because you can't do anything about it. I think I'm okay with like light bullying, like learning how to d- deal with somebody who clearly has hurt and rejection and anger issues in a small sense where it doesn't ruin your life. Like, I, I think we all want the moment of our kid learning to stand up to a bully. Absolutely. But. This is not that. No, like this is this is pretty serious stuff. And what's not happening is the schools aren't doing anything about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's either too rampant or too smart that they can't do anything about it. So parents are taking matters into their own hands. Mm. And how do you think they're doing this? Uh, they are putting on bat costumes, finding these kids at night and beating them into a senseless pulp. Isn't there a movie about like a, a fake superhero, a wannabe superhero like that? Maybe I was thinking about the movie Batman. I don't know if you've seen it. but no. It's this guy dressed up in a bat suit. You've seen a they few. They put a little light in the no, sky. It's not a really good one. Christian Bale. What these parents are doing is hiring, and I'm using quotes now. Uncles. That sounds creepy. And there's th- there's different kind of packages that you can you can have with these uncles. That's what she said. She like imagine wrestlers with tattoos, like gang members. <laughs> yes. That are chaperoning your kid to school. Oh, that, nice. That's the base package. They will chaperone the your kid. Base package. To, they'll okay. they'll walk your kid to and from school and get in between the bullies. And make sure your kid gets a safe ride home or safe walk home or whatever it is, and there's no drama or no action. Sorry, gets, that's a base package. Base package. Okay. Take me up a notch. The surveillance package is that these bullies will follow the the bully, or sorry, the, sorry not, these uncles will follow okay. the bully around, and they will videotape them when they're doing their bullying stuff. Oh. And they'll present it to the parents and basically say, listen, your kid's doing this. I'm going to go public with it or shame you and your family if you don't fix this situation surveillance package is there another package oh yeah <laughs> there's a third package the chaperone package the chaperone package deploys the mo- the more high profile tactic of visiting the bully's parents at their workplace and publicly shaming them what was the base package called uh, the ev- no, the evidence package and the uncle package is the ba- is a is the uncle basement. evidence chaperone. So people are paying. This says four hundred and fifty to seventeen hundred and ninety dollars a day to protect their kids. Sorry, what? Yeah, it's not cheap. Thirty five thousand dollars a month for twenty days at school. Thirty five thousand dollars for the top level package. Yeah, and I mean we can make it a bit more serious too. And like the number one cause of death between fifteen and twenty four year olds in South Korea is actually suicide. And a lot of it comes from the pressure of the academics and people getting bullied and that sort of thing. So it's, it's a real problem in South Korea. I'm just not sure that the uncle package is going to solve too much of this. Well, there's a couple of things here. One is, hey, okay, if you can afford $35,000 a month, maybe there's a different reason why your kid is being bullied because he they know that they have that much money, which is not a good excuse for bullying someone. But if you know this kid's walking around with parents who've you know, got a spare half a mil to drop on surveillance packages, that's crazy. It is. It's a lot. And you think maybe we could have a better situation with this. But these could go both ways. Remember that story that came out with this kid who was, quote unquote, bullied in school and the media jumped all over it. Mm -hmm. And then it came out that this guy sucked and he was actually the bully to the other kids. Yes. He's a little racist and, you know, beating up them and they were just defending themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. So this could kind of go both ways. But I love the story of when a bully gets caught. Sure. Who doesn't want that? Right. There's Mm -hmm. actually YouTube like compilations of you getting to watch bullies get beat up because that's justice in our world, right? I'm surprised that there isn't a system in school that gathers kids together and says, hey, if there's a bully or a few bullies, here's how all hundred of you other ones all stand up together against the bully. And maybe in the end, they would get single or different things, but you got to go like a hundred against five, your odds you know, at the end would be pretty good, but to go, you guys, if you recognize there's a bully in here, let's bring you all together. We're going to give, you know, you guys all agree who the bullies are. Let us know. Everybody else gets self, you know, defense classes. We'll put you together a hundred at a time. You're going to take these guys out. I mean, it's, it's a good idea, but if I could put myself back in junior high and high school, there's no way I'm doing that. There's the public shaming. Like, you don't want to be a rat or a narc, whatever they wanted to call you. Like, you didn't want to be any of those things, and I don't I don't care about your problems either. I care about my problems. Sure. But uh, if, I guess, and if you're not getting bullied, what do you care? Why do you want to stick your nose in it? This is a good story, though, about how this whole thing plays out. So, one of the alleged bullies, age 15, had been studying at an evening math class when the boy who was beaten phoned and told him to come immediately to an empty park, of which I would never do, bully or not. Hiya, pal. Okay. Right? Yeah. When, when he arrived... They, there were scary looking people, very big and showing tattoos all over their bodies. And they made him apologize to the bullied kid. They told him, tell your friends. We're going to see them tomorrow. They made this kid bow down on his knees, look up at the kid that he bullied and apologized and scared the snot out of him. And I see no problems with this. As long as it works. Now would be my question. You know, did it have the long lasting effects or does it get blowback? But at the same time, there's actually, there's one more part to the story. Oh. After he apologized, the uncles took the bullies to their parents and said, hey, your kid is doing this. Wow. Yeah. And then if that doesn't work, the parents sue the, the other parents. So right. there's that. But can you imagine if you're the parent and maybe you're trying of, to... Of which kid? The bully? Of or the bully. Okay. And you have these guys show up at your house and now it's not just like the school saying, hey, you need to discipline your kid, but you actually going, I personally could get beat up if I don't put my kid in line. Yeah, that's serious stuff. If you show up at my house... And you're a gang member and you're nine feet tall, yep. 450 pounds, chisel muscle and tattoos. I I, I will probably comply. And you pull out a phone and you show me a recording of my kid being dumb. I'm probably doing something about it. Yeah. Hey, kid. The, the, the sad part about that is the kid's probably a bully because of their home relationship. Yeah, And that's sure. not helping anything. But No. And it is, again, hurting people hurt people. So it's kind of a Band-Aid regardless. But sometimes we just need Band-Aids. But an insane story Nonetheless, so $35,000 a month. Yeah. I mean, that's a different world for sure. Yeah, apparently. Just, uh, yeah, I mean, if you want to make an investment, maybe you and I could do cell phones. (laughs) That could be us. Oh, man. As always, Mm. thanks for tuning in to the Justin and Greg Ultimate Jags Experience Podcast 101. Tell your friends, subscribe. Please uh, spread it around. That was a bit of an exaggeration. I'm going to dump all over you. Please stop. Get me out of here. (laughs)